Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hi, I'm Elena Deladon, and you're listening to Dishin' and Swishin'. Hi, everybody. It's David Siegel, and after a little bit of a summer vacation on my end, too, as well as the WNBA, I'm pleased to welcome you back to the Dishin' and Swishin' podcast. And, you know, where else do you want to start, but you got somebody that's got three Olympic gold medals, is the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball, and coach one of the top teams in the WNBA right now in the, in the New York Liberty, so... Let's welcome Katie Smith back to the podcast. Coach, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, it's great to be here with you. So so you're getting the swing back now as, as a coach. You know, do you guys got to get your legs under you too when you come back from uh, this nice time off? <laughs> I think there is. You know, you're a little, little earlier wake up uh, than you just getting. I think my shoulders might have been a little sore from passing, but uh, this is a, a hundred times easier than trying to get those legs under you as a player. Um, and getting back at it, but yeah, no, it's it's been good to be back in the gym. But really, had a nice break. It was nice to allow our players, for ourselves, to kind of kind of recharge a bit in, uh, for this uh, second part of the season. You know, it's one of those things where I guess in the case of the Liberty, would you say that it's probably good news, bad news, because the team had such an incredible pre-Olympic break. You know, you're you're, cruise, you're, you're locked in pretty comfortably in at least the third season. Uh, you know, Atlanta behind you has four more losses. So so you had the good that, but you do get the time off and let the players get a little bit of break to to ease the burden on their bodies. It really was. I think most of the teams in the league, that last month, month and a half going into the Olympic break was tough. We were in and out of town, a couple of a West Coast swing, but we were traveling like every other game, and it really was almost every other day. And it, it became a little bit of a grind. And our players did an excellent job just pushing through and find a way to will out some some games. But that break came at a really great time for us because I think we just mentally and physically needed a moment because it, we were going so hard. I mean, it was just game after game after game with a lot of travel. Um, so I, I just I think it was needed not, not only for ourselves. I think there's a lot of other teams kind of had similar schedules. You know, and then you get the situation where you, you bring everybody back and you're trying to get everything back together, but then you're missing Olympians. You know, and of course, Tina is such an important part of everything that you do there. You know, who goes out there? You know, does Bill go out there and try and uh, pretend that he's <laughs> Tina? <laughs> yeah, no, it's you know, it's like a, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a sense. It's, it's great because you have players that get to their role changes. You know, maybe have some other post players that get to step up, be more aggressive, get more touches, look to score more um, as a unit, as a team. You have other people. Uh, you know, looking to score, you know, when we play against guys, play against each other. Um, and so there's that positive part about them really focusing in on what they can do and how to be more aggressive, how to be more efficient, actually, you know, and score. Um, and then on the other side, it's, it'd be nice to have Tina there because she is an integral part uh, where she's also getting that rhythm and that timing with her teammates with, you know, a couple tweaks to the offense, you know, really working on the defense, really kind of that uh, that chemistry. But, uh, you know, so far so good. She'll come right back in. Um, but I think it is a positive just for our players to, to have more time together, learn each other. Um, and then when Tina comes back, they'll just, uh, you know, add another piece to the puzzle. You know, I had said that when I saw Tina in Connecticut win the most valuable player, I thought that that was about as good as it was going to get. But she has managed to step up her game even more and is playing at a level that I did. I, honestly, I never thought that she could get to that high 
a level on both ends of the court, and it just really seems a lot of it has to do with the freedom to go inside and outside and playing that for her that you guys have given her. Yeah, and I think she's, you know, she is a, a post player, obviously at heart, uh, but she has tried to expand her game, continue to add that, that jump shot and continue to add to her range, you know, being able to maybe knock down three balls more consistently and maybe even take more, um, not only this year, but then, you know, following years to come. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's trying to get, putting the ball on the floor better, um, you know, trying to drive it. Uh, but she's, she's somebody who obviously is our go-to player and somebody who touches the basketball, has a lot in her hands, but she's also become, this year's become even a better passer than she was last year. You know, she gets doubled quite a bit. They dig a lot on her. Um, but she's done a really nice job of, of her vision of the court, um, t- try, you know, taking shots, expanding her range, you know, just being versatile. And then on the other hand, end with the defense, I mean, last year she made the you know, all-defensive team, which was huge for her, you know, putting in the effort, communicating. And at the end of the day, defense is about effort. It's about how bad you want it. It's kind of a pride thing. And, just really proud of her that she wants to continue to get better and she wants to win a championship um, here in New York. You know, are the ghosts of Earl Monroe around the rafters of that of the garden too? <laughs> because that one-legged fadeaway in the paint. You know, I, I'm old enough to remember that shot in the '70s. I mean, I, I got you by a number of years, but yeah, you know, that should that, that's vintage Earl Monroe New York Knicks fadeaway. Yeah, she probably she probably learned that back in the day watching or talking about it to people. But she's you know what I mean she just really is, it's fun it's fun to watch her. She's got her go to go to moves and just keep adding to she keeps adding to her game and adding to her game and that's just it's uh, a testament to her her work ethic that she brings um, not only during our season but obviously she puts a lot of work in it during the off season um, when she's overseas and also when she gets home. Now you've been through having been an Olympian as you were. You've been through the breaks and then coming back after everybody else had a break. And, you know, when Tina comes back, what is that, you know, for people that may not be aware, what the, what is that like for the person when they return? I mean, they're tired. They just played, yet they just had the euphoria of winning the, you know, let's assume a gold medal. Uh, but everybody else has been playing and ready to get at it just, you know, in terms of practice. You know, do, do you – Give her more days off in terms of practice, try and lower her minutes in terms of game time. I mean, how, how do you handle a situation when she's played so many extra games compared to uh, what she did, uh, the everybody else has done? You know, it is it is managing it, listening to her, having her communicate, you know, getting her in and out of practice. Uh, you know, obviously games, you want to win, win games, and we'll figure out what our magic number is as we get rolling uh, with those last eight. But yeah, for her to get back in and get comfortable, but but also just just manage her and and practice. You know, go hard when you can, short and sweet, um, and also just taking care of her body, just uh, allowing her to have time to to recover with the trainer, get a rub down, just you know. And but part of it is an excitement also for Tina because if, if you know, obviously everything lines up, she'll win a gold medal um, if the team continues to play the way they are. But also, I think she's still hungry for that championship. I think it may – I'm not saying it's a different mindset for Minnesota, who's won I don't know how many championships in the last five years, or three out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, they – it's you know, they kind of like, ah, you know, I'm tired. I've been – you know, I'm doing this. You know, Tina still has that carrot hanging out there. Like, yo, I still haven't gotten what I want. You know, there's, there's one other thing that's, that's still I haven't reached. So I think there's also going to be some motivation and that excitement of like, hey, I want to do that here. So I think it's a little bit of both. It's just 
for her managing it for us to just, you know, we don't, you know, we try to get in and out of practices, you know, try to keep them there all day um, and then allow them to really take care of themselves and do what they need to. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I guess part of it is with this new playoff system, I guess it's impo- it was important to get off to the start that you guys did and be sort of, you know, once you're kind of locked into a spot, be it like the number three slot, for example, as it sits right now, it's going to be a little bit easier, I would assume, to give her more time off. It is, because if we stay in that 3-4 spot, then, um, you know, we we miss the first, you know, game, uh, first playoff game. So then we get it three more days, and then that's, you know, obviously you get home court advantage if you stay in those spots. So, um, yeah, all of that matters, um, and I think it all will help uh, going into this because it will be, you know, one-game shoot um, in those first two rounds. So, um, I do think that'll be helpful because you get a couple days to prep, um, take care of your bodies, get your rest, really hone in on who you're going to be playing or possibly playing, um, and then just go for it because it is it's going to be you leave it all out there, you know, win win and move on. So now I wanted to talk to you about we talked about what it's like coming back from the Olympics, but I wanted to talk about the Olympics themselves. You uh, of course played on three gold medal winning teams, your 24 and 0 record for the teams that you were on. Uh, you know, and it's interesting. You look at this team and the offense that it's putting up, and you look at the teams go back. Of course, '96 is considered the trailblazer because it led to the league. Your teams, 2000, 2004, 2008, were pretty special as well. So, you know, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot and say what was the better team, but if you looked at the offense of this team now and you looked at any of your teams, how would you stop them? Um, how would you? What I think is probably one of the things they extremely hard that they do is they move the basketball it just doesn't stop it if somebody has a you know they find see an open person they're swinging it you know it is kick kick and then you know i've heard annie talk about it on the broadcast is that sometimes they almost pass up good shots or a great shot you know and sometimes pass too much but they get that ball flying everybody's involved um you know how they say the ball has energy you know everybody's touching it everybody's you know feeling it everybody's getting that that vibe um and I just think it's something special that they just let that thing, that they do not care who gets the shot. They do not care who gets the point. It is literally like, let's go out here and, and play our game and do what we do and play together. And that's, it's really special. Um, I do think that some of our teams in the past might have defensively had the edge. So I think we would have, you know, been able to individually maybe lock down a little bit better, but who knows? Might have. At that end. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think that in the, in some of our the teams in the past, like defensively, had a little bit more lockdown mentality. Um, but as I said, I just think it's really special and a testament to USA basketball in general. Or the past, um, Gino, uh, the team that's there, that they they literally are are one for all, and it's uh, a lot a lot of fun to to watch and very very difficult to play against. I mean, come on, your team you played with Yolanda Griffith. Delisha, you know, Swoops, you know, Ruthie Bolton, you know, that's, and that's just the, and that's just the 2000 team. Yeah, I'd say you played with some defenders. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a little bit more, probably a little different mentality on solid myself and, and, you know, and Teresa Edwards. And, I mean, you just had a lot of, it's just different, you know, there's some different, different competition. But as I said, it's just so much fun to see all these teams, every team, like I played on the three teams. To watching these the 2012 and 2016 and, and even before, it's just everybody's got their own identity. But um, the one thing about the women's national team, um, they, we're always in it. To it is the ultimate goal to win a gold medal, and it really is not about who does what. It's just like how are we gonna get this done, and that's just always um, 
you know, I was taught that from those before me, and, and these guys are, you know, carrying it on. Now, you played with the, uh, shall we say, the junior versions of Tarasi, Bird, and Catchings uh, on the 2004 team. Can, you know, you look at what they're still doing. You know, in particular, you look at Tarasi setting records right and left on three-pointers, and I guess Bird uh, had nine assists today and is right up there amongst the most for Olympians. Uh, it's amazing the way that, you know, so many years later they're still playing with that type of skill level on both the WNBA and the international level. Yeah, it's just, as I said, it's individually they, you know, they're, how they're made, how they're wired, the work that they put in. I mean, they take care of themselves physically. They obviously are students of the game. Um, they've competed and won at every single level. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's who they are. And they and they also go about it in a way that um, you want them to. And they, they represent USA. They've, they've moved from the babies of the followers and the, the newbies to now the leaders of that USA team. And uh, just to see them now mentoring the, the younger USA basketball crew to kind of how to go about business, how to win, this is how we do it. Um, they'll, they'll leave their footprint, um, you know, being those leaders. But they... Yeah, they just continue to do what they, they've always done. <laughs> I guess they are who you think they are, in a sense, because this is all I've ever known from them, is just always um, the maturity, the composure, the skills. Like They, they have it all, um, you know, from college on up, and uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun to be on opposing sides, but also together on, uh, you know, the USA basketball team. Now, now I look at the, the team picture of the 2000 team you were on, and I look over – to the side, and there's this young, like, short, little bit taller than Staley Italian guy there. And, and, and look, he's certainly developed into uh, quite the coach since being an assistant to Nell in 2000, huh? Yeah, no, he has. And he, you know, even then, you know, he had success, but he was definitely, you know, kind of new, you know, young in his time at UConn. But nah, he's always had that confidence. He's always been uh, a charmer slash sarcastic fella um i have always enjoyed him even from that time um you know somebody who just knows the game and allows you to play the game make your reads uh he wants you to you know figure it out like kind of read the defense he's not trying to tell you every single thing you have to do this 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 it's hey this situation you can do this you can do this um but he also just expects you to go out there and, and compete so um yeah he was he was definitely back in the day he was he was he was hanging around and um helping us win another gold as an assistant, getting his foot wet, you know, feet wet, and uh, with that uh, that side of it. So now, when you look at the uh, the current level where they're at, about to head into medal rounds after the, at the end of pool play, can you tell for our listeners that may not be aware what changes, other than of course the mindset of single elimination versus pool play, what's different for the team? What is the you know, you were in two th- those three. Obviously, things aren't exactly the same. I don't think you stayed in a luxury lot yacht uh, off the coast of. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> yeah, we did stay at the Queen Mary too. That's right, in what, Greece. Yeah, that's right, in so one of them, right? More, more luxury. In <laughs> <laughs> a, a bigger ship, not even. You can't say boat though. It was uh, there's boats on the ship. That's what I, uh, I always remember. So, um, no, it's what changes is it, it, everything changes because it all matters. You lose in pool play, you can move on and still win a gold medal. You lose when you head into the medal round, you don't win a gold medal. Um, it could be a bad night shooting. Um, I remember uh, we got a bronze in uh, the world championships in Brazil, and it was we had a rough night scoring, 
and it was I think it was Russia who who beat us, and they they shot it well, and it was just one of those you can't have a bad day, and so for whatever reason, if you don't shoot it well, your defense better be on point, and also you can't leave it up to the officiating because international officiating is different. There's lots of calls that you're like, can't believe they called that. I have no idea what you know what I mean. It's just a different beast, and you can't play around with it. Um, so yeah, everything changes, and somebody can can knock you off at any point but um it's this is the this is a stressful part cuz you can't win it. you can't lose in this round you know the it seemed you know the the competition of course is different different places get better and worse or whatever but mm-hmm. you know with with Russia being as strong as it was when you were playing and also you know Australia just coming up as a power with a young Lauren Jackson it does seem like there was a little bit tougher competition for your teams than it was for this group. Uh, they're still good players, but they seem to be it, the, the talent pool is shallow for each team. There's only a few. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem as, as deep as maybe they were. Um, and some of the teams that were powerhouse at the time, Cuba even had some good teams. Brazil was uh, definitely way more competitive. And there was a lot of teams that um, brought a lot of talent to the table and definitely were a little deeper, um, I think. Uh, but you know, some of these programs are trying to build themselves back up you know and that does obviously that makes a difference in some of the the perceptions and people looking at scoring and stuff uh you know a lot of people have been saying i've read on you know on social media everybody says something to say and you know about how this could be you know the best usa basketball team ever or things like that but i think that when i look at a team that had Teresa edwards and lisa leslie on it I have to think that, you know, those earlier teams of yours were definitely teams that were at least the equal, if not better, than this group overall. I, I, kind of, I mean, I agree with you. It's always hard, the best ever. I just I just think that you put, like, the 2000, the 96 team against this team, and I, I might put my money on 96, um, and they're 2000. This is different, different squads. You know, everybody, they may, this team may have more shooters, you know, from top to bottom. And, you know, it's just a – be a little bit more versatile. I, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I, it's hard to say. I just think every team has its own personality, and I think every game would probably be a battle. <laughs> it would come down to the wire. Let's just say that. So, uh, but that's yeah, such an amazing thing for the USA to be able to to have that consistency and have the players want to be a part of it every single um, Olympiad. I, you know, I know the WNBA.com has been trying to show more, put more video up of the past and stuff, but you know, I do wish that. You know, some of the younger fans of today could have seen players, you know, like, you know, Nikki McRae and Natalie Williams and Ruthie Bolton in their prime, uh, and see what types of skill level that they had. Because, you know, people saw you, they know what you can do. They saw even Delisha toward, and, and, you know, and Cheryl towards the back end of her career. But they didn't get to see, a lot of people didn't see, you know, Natalie Williams was just ridiculous inside the paint. <laughs> right, and Teresa Edwards, you know Katrina McLean. I mean, it's you know Jen Azy was even just a short blip. Uh, I mean, it's just a, there's a lot of you know even you know Ruthie was around for a little bit, but it's yeah some of the, the older like I just it's it's always funny to see Teresa Edwards. I mean, as much as she does in what she had you know played and all the points she put up and passes and defense, it's just. It's pretty cool. I, I feel blessed because I have a little bit of that, the older part. I got to watch and kind of play with some of those guys. Um, that that kind of stays with me. 
Um, so I, I feel like I have a nice uh, bridge from the old to the to the new, uh, and that's that's kind of I always feel good about that that I have that reference point, and I actually you know got out there and got to compete against some uh, some of the folks in the past. So you know, over the course of time, you played you played for many of the great coaches that are out there now. So so your coaching style are you more Lambeer, Ariema? Uh, Tara, you know, any, you know, any of the other coaches that you, that you've coached for? Right. Uh, I'm probably, huh, I probably have a little bit of all of them in me, um, honestly. But, you know, obviously Bill has a, Bill and, um, Bill and Gino probably are somewhat similar in some ways. So I definitely have some of that. You know, a little Brian Agler, a little Nancy, a little, little Tara. I, mean, I probably have a nice mix, I hope, of, of all of them. But you're not throwing candy like Van did. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think I have the candy thing in me. That is definitely he, uh, he may master that one. Um, that, and I'm not very good at tonk either, gambling or anything like that. So it's, uh, I think I'm about to stick with the others. Hopefully, I got a little bit of all of them in me um, <laughs> somewhere. I think so. I mean, well, you know, there is no question, Katie, that you know, yours is the first name that comes up whenever I hear of somebody that may be on the hot seat, and you know, who's going to be the next great head coach coming up from the ranks of either the, either you know an assistant coach or from the college ranks uh the thing you know everybody sees you uh yelling uh and coaching as much as bill on the sidelines <laughs> although the language may be a little better no i know he's probably like sit down smith but no I, you know what uh, you're you're so invested in your players and, and wanting them to have success um wanting your team to have success put them in the best position you know you feel responsible for you know trying to Tell them whatever you see or, or how to guard something, or if it's your scout, it's you know you just you just want them to have the success that they've worked so hard to have, and uh, you know you just want to be a positive towards that and give them everything they need. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fun though, but it, it's it's definitely a little more stressful when you have to sit over there and you can't sub yourself in. Um, I wouldn't want to sub in now; I'd rather die. But um, you know, but you just really have to figure out how to communicate the things you see. Or think will be will work, um, and that's a little harder sometimes. I figure you're used to the regular WNBA grind, being able to, you know, not want to be out there and just you know coach it from the sides. How tough is it watching USA basketball though, and not wanting to put on the colors? You know, it, it is like you kind of reminisce. Like it's such a, it's just a, such a, a life changing experience. Something you'll always remember. Um, it's just some, it, sometimes it feels like such a long time ago, like that you were part of it. And it's almost like you've never really experienced it, but then you're like, man, I really did. But you know what? Just so you understand how how special it was to you. So now you look at them, and you're like, you know, just really proud of them, and and understanding how their families and how much they're they're just it's something special uh, to to be able to be a part of. So now I'm I'm all right on on all of that. It's just like you kind of take yourself back, and you don't always think about it all the time. But this is definitely a time you think about some of the memories you had. Well, Katie, you know, congratulations on a great start to the season. Let's hope the uh, the Liberty continue to roll when everybody gets back and everybody stays healthy. Uh, and uh, you never know. Let's see, you know, Minnesota and L.A. may have those top two records, but that doesn't mean that the championship isn't going to run through the Madison Square Garden. I hope we'll give them hell, so we'll see how we do when we get back at it. <laughs>